Hi, it's Brian Denton with ProAct. We're continuing our series of podcasts from roundtable discussions that we hosted with food service distribution leaders to explore ways that the industry is changing to meet unexpected challenges. Our first series last week on business resiliency was downloaded, listened to, and shared thousands of times. And today, we're bringing you part one on our conversations around customer service, where you'll hear experiences, expertise, and lessons learned of industry leaders during the COVID-19 crisis the effects it had on their business, and how they responded. We've put these conversations into this multi-part podcast, which we're releasing over the next few days, starting now with ProAct's VP of Client Services, Christy Waters, introducing the topic and the guests. So we're talking today because as an industry, we want to always network. It's part of the foundation of what ProAct is. The share grouping aspect of what ProAct offers from an education standpoint to our distributors and to our suppliers, as well as our clients for that standpoint, to talk about industry challenges, you know, supply chain resilience, changing customer wants and needs, as well as business continuity in a post-COVID world, and then to brainstorm solutions. You know, what are we gonna look like on the other side? How can we positively impact change? And what's the future of distribution going to be? So like I mentioned earlier with the different conversations that I've had with folks is, you know, what topics, what there's uncertainty in supply chain, you know, how are we going to navigate business with limited resources? How can we build more resilient? What risk management conversations do we have? But more importantly, with the industry panel that we have today, we want to talk about the customer and consumer experience. So first, we'd like to welcome Jack Healy. He's going to be moderating the conversation. He's CEO for Bear Hill Advisory Group and a member partner of RG Advisory Group as well. He's a financial and operations executive whose focus has been on reducing business risk through proven strategy and tactics. He's a certified CPA in fraud and forensics, cybersecurity, SOC, and service and certified fraud examiner. We also have Jessica Noble, who is CEO of Magnetic Experiences, focused on customer strategy and a member partner of R3 Advisory Group as well. She's a customer experience and business strategy executive who helps companies develop strong, sustainable profit margins with actionable strategies. She has deep expertise in professional services, SAS, contact centers, retail, and distribution verticals. From our network, we have Darren Arsenault. He is the president of Capital City Produce, which is a rapidly growing distribution center out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They're a fresh produce supplier in both food service as well as in the retail space. Darren's career in food service has spanned over 30 years, and as a leader, he focuses on strategy, team leadership, organizational dynamics, and execution performance accountability. Lastly, we have Jeremy Smith, who is the president of Charlie's Produce, which is an employee-owned independent produce company serving the West Coast since 1978. With Charlie's diversified business model, their company not only provides distribution, but such services as logistics solutions, retail merchandising, value add, and much more. Charlie's has operational facilities in Alaska, Washington, Idaho, Utah, California, as well as Oregon. He's worked for Charlie since 2001 with a focus on sales and operational growth. So now I'd like to hand it over to Jack, who's gonna moderate the conversation with the group as well as Jessica. And uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing the conversation. Thank you guys. Thank you, Christy, really appreciate it. And um, I think we've put together a fantastic panel here uh, for this presentation to the ProAct membership. Um, Customer, customer experience is a pretty wide topic. And I thought uh, the first question, Jessica is a subject matter expert and recent author of a book on this topic. Uh, I thought that you could help us um, 
understand exactly what we mean when we use that term customer experience. Yeah, thanks, Jack. So I'll keep it super simple. Um, the way that I define customer experience is it is the perception that a customer has of your company or your brand. So whether that is active interaction with your company, passive interaction with your brand, direct or indirect in a store, ordering online. So it goes so far as to encompass if they hear about your company while they're at a block party, that is influencing their perception of your company and your brand. So all of that is referred to as customer experience. And the key thing I would highlight is, since it is defined as a customer's perception, it's impossible to know how you're doing with regard to customer experience without hearing from customers. Well, that's interesting. I think in these times, um, we've probably been hearing from a lot of our customers. Uh, Darren, can you talk a little bit about how you and uh, Capital City Produce have been uh, hearing from your customers and, and given what um, Jessica said, how does the customer experience incorporate into your company? Yeah, I think Jessica's exactly right. It's the culmination of events uh, from experiences customers have that uh, influence how they would answer the question, how do you feel about doing business with Capital City Produce? And I think the key word there is how do you feel about it? Because it's also an emotional experience, an emotional answer, as well as a fact-based answer. So, you know, we, uh, prior to COVID, we went through this exercise called, uh, we call the friction points, where we looked at all the possible positions or places rather where our customers could perceive that we may slow them down or uh, cause our operations to be as efficient as they otherwise could be. And, uh, you know, we met with customers and talked to them about what they, what they uh, would like to see our company do to improve that customer experience. And it changed uh, all aspects of our business, really, from the way we communicate our on-time deliveries through text messaging, uh, through a new Where's My Truck app, to a new tagline that we embraced because of that process called, uh, it's, it's our tagline now is always fresh, always easy, because we found the customer fundamentally wants an easy experience with our company. Uh, eliminate distractions, be a solution, be the reason why my day goes right, not why my day goes wrong. And uh, I'd say uh, she's right on point. It's, it's so many experiences and every interaction that your has with your company that influences that answer to that question. How do you feel about doing business with Capital City Produce? Jeremy, you're on the West Coast. Um, Charlie's Produce is um, is a regional player in in that you know, in a wide geographic area. Um, obviously, COVID-19 has impacted you. Um, have you had to modify your customer experience and, and tell me how, how you've been adapting? Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, I think each of our divisions have their own personality, but one of the similarities that we've got across all of our divisions are the diversification of business. So while, you know, we're extremely... Uh, focused and our heart is truly in the restaurant business. Um, you know, I think we've got a balancing effect with such a strong part of our business on retail. So each one took a different approach. You know, the retailers were blowing up and we were
realizing some really nice increases with them while the restaurants were either shuttering or going to a, a you know, a to-go menu only. So, you know, we did have to make some adjustments, but getting in front of them, whether it was a, uh, you know, a, uh, remote and a webcam business review, or in some cases, you know, we'd have our sales reps, sales managers in front of a GM or a restaurant manager with masks on so that we could talk through how we can help. But, uh, you know, for 40, almost four years now, we've built the business on making sure that we are working with that restaurant, that grocery store to help them grow their business. And uh, I think our brand has proven to believe that uh, with any of our partnerships. And uh, I think, you know, small informal business reviews and very formal business reviews helped each of our divisions grow through this, uh, this challenge and get to a place where I think we all know we're probably going to be in some version of it for the next 12 months, and we've got an established go-to-market strategy for restaurants or hospitals or schools or grocery stores that'll allow us to work with those partners in whatever comfort zone that they're in, because some of them are, you know, the, the last place that they want to uh, be is sitting in a room with a produce salesperson, but um, we do actually have some out there that uh, they still want to see us every week. So really understanding what they want is is key. And I think, uh, you know, everybody on the call has already referenced that. You know, Darren, <clears throat> I love the always fresh, always easy. Uh, that's a that's a great change to the tagline. How are you staying engaged uh, with your customers uh, with customer during this service. disruption to understand the changing risk and critical needs? We heard uh, Jeremy talk about webcams and, and re remote. Um, how, are, how are you dealing with that? Well, we, we've done a couple of things. I think the most um, direct way we, we did it is we rolled out a little, uh, I don't like to call it a marketing campaign, but I, I guess it was that uh, we called it, let's get you rolling again. And it went out to our independent restaurants, local independent restaurants. And, and it started off with saying that um, hey, just because you're independent doesn't mean you have to go through this alone. And for two weeks, we gave all of our independent local restaurants 15% off of their invoices, which they didn't expect at all. But it was a way of us reaching out to them through social media uh, and saying that uh, we understand you're in a situation that's presenting unique challenges that you weren't prepared probably to face. And, uh, you know, a good partner helps uh, when, when they can. And, and so we did that and uh, it was a pretty sizable investment in our local customers. So that's one way we stayed engaged as well. On our retail side, we, um, we developed this little app through, that we used through a smartphone and we have our sales team going out to our retail accounts and we're doing um, a customer feedback survey and as soon as our, uh, we're doing two of them, one's with the delivery personnel, one's with the produce managers inside the store. And as soon as our sales team completes that um, survey on their smartphone, it automatically emails me and a few other people in our organization that says, here's today's feedback. So it's live, it's within minutes of them being there at 6 a.m. or 6.30 a.m. And we're asking questions like, are your sales improving? Is quality meeting expectations? 
or where's my, are you getting the where's my truck alerts that's telling you exactly what time our truck is going to get there? Have our trucks been on time? You know, how have your fill rates been? Are your customers asking for additional questions? Are you receiving any customer comments that we should be aware of? And can we help you plan for any special event that's occurring? And of course, right now we're getting a lot of feedback about just being prepared for their surge in volume from the July 4th sales. So I'd say those are the primary ways that we've been engaging uh, with our customers. Besides some of the things that Jeremy mentioned, uh, getting in with our restaurants and talking to them when they feel safe to do so. And a lot of, frankly, have said they don't feel comfortable with people coming into their restaurants and close environments. So we've conducted some of those calls over, um, you know, conducted some of those uh, talks over the phone to ask questions like, how do you see your business coming back? Uh, and we collected data from all those calls and did a uh, restaurant return plan that showed what the expectations were for restaurant sales returning by the first of each month through December 1st, and we're tracking against that. But that's that's been good information for us to try to plan on uh, bringing inventories back in to support the restaurants is, is that uh, those calls and visits to say, how do you see your restaurants coming back? So that's really interesting that, that you know, first of all, on part of your business offering that 15% discount, um, they must have been really surprised when they received that. That that had to be um, that had to be an interesting dialogue inside your company to come up with that idea. Um, when you were pulling together the concept of discounts for some and more outreach for others, was there a certain protocol that you used as to which customers you would offer those to, or was this just a blanket, 100% of our customers get this discount, and then on our retail side, we're going to try to touch 100% of our customers there, or did you have some sort of metric that you used to decide who you're gonna reach out to? Well, we, we did have to have a metric to reach out to because uh, part of the initiative was let's, let's help those that are really down. And of course, retail customers were not down, they were, they were excelling. So they weren't in need of help um, from that financial side. They were in need of help from the service side. So they were getting a lot of attention there. So yeah, it, was a, it wasn't an easy conversation as who's included and who's excluded. But when it came down to it, we really wanted to help those folks that didn't have the corporate backup to help them, that didn't have a big infrastructure around them where it was that entrepreneur that was, you know, swinging a bat every day, uh, Jack and, and, and your poor Lance maybe, uh, swinging a bat on their own every day. And they didn't have anybody to turn around to for help when things went south on them. So we got ahead around that. And then, you know, we frankly just looked up the definition of an independent restaurant and use that as guidance to hone in on the customers that we felt were probably, you know, out there on their own, uh, trying to make it with no support. And, and that's who we ended up helping. Wow. Jeremy, so you're, you've been reaching out through remote and uh, webcam and in other ways. Have you noticed that um, the needs of your customers have changed during the crisis from the early days in March to what they're experiencing now with uh, opening in some of your markets and then perhaps some retraction uh, within your markets. Have you seen changes there and, and how are you dealing with those? Yeah, absolutely. We've seen change. We've got, uh, you know, some folks where 
they were operating an extremely successful restaurant and, you know, they went to a takeout menu that had, you know, 10 or 15 items, which is a reduction of maybe 80%. So their, their needs changed because some of the items that they're ordering from us today, they never ordered from us before. Um, you know, they're maybe well-known restaurant owners and chefs like Tom Douglas in Seattle, where he may have operated a, uh, you know, a restaurant that would have been considered fine dining. And that restaurant today is running pizza or burgers. And they, uh, they had a shift that thankfully we got ahead of it. And I think Darren had mentioned, you know, reaching out to those folks to understand what their ramp up plan was, was crucial to making sure that our inventory adjusted where, you know, we were certainly buying things for that restaurant in March that they don't even need and have zero plans of using. So I think that uh, understanding where they were at and what their business plan was, was key. Um, you know, service also has changed in some cases. Um, you know, it might be good today, but I don't, I don't know that it's a sustainable plan, but they have got uh, a reduction in seats or service that they're doing. In some cases, the number of hours that they're open is different. So we're we're actually seeing a request for reduction in deliveries. We're seeing a request for placing orders earlier. And, uh, you know, that's always nice. But um, I think that that will also evolve. And in some of the ways we've seen it already were a Boise, Idaho had an opening of their restaurant starting about May 16th and Oregon uh, market opened about June 1st. And after a couple of weeks, you started seeing, you know, the restaurants relax because some of their uh, traffic started picking up. And we've had restaurants that um, stuck with a very similar menu. And in those cases, you know, what we have seen is that, uh, you know, they're wildly successful. We've got a couple of, uh, you know, decent sized, I think, independent operators that have 10, 15 locations, and they're doing, you know, one and a half times what they were before because some restaurants did not reopen around them. So I think, you know, ultimately it's the communication, and we've got to understand what they're doing and understand how we can help them. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it is still changing even today where, Last week, uh, there were some restaurants specifically in, in Idaho that, you know, shut back down because of the chaos. And down in San Diego, we've seen the same thing because of the rise in confirmed cases. So we've, we feel like it's going to keep uh, being a living, changing existence for the next three months. And I think uh, you get past Labor Day, hopefully, you know, there's a consistency to it until they find a some solution, vaccine or something else. You know, what's interesting is, you know, I certainly expected to hear you talk about uh, volumes changing, but what you're saying is that the mix has also changed, that customers are ordering different things that they hadn't ordered before, and then as they come back online, they're they're not ordering their own their old um, uh, products that they're that they're starting with with a, a, a new menu or uh, a new mix. That's interesting. And I would, I would even add to it that uh, some of the specialty stuff that they used before, they've, they, don't, they don't want that risk of you know, potential shrink. So they're being a lot more cautious about the items. 
Thanks for joining us. Come back tomorrow for the conclusion of this discussion. And be sure to subscribe to hear our roundtables on customer service, risk management, and navigating business with limited resources.